this is a really interesting way to do a podcast is to is to not be able to think of the word Welcome to Breathing Flames, the tabletop gaming podcast from IslayTheDragon.com. I'm John, also known as Farmer Lenny on Islay the Dragon, and today we'll be talking about board game awards. It's awards season in the board gaming world. The nominees for the coveted Spiel des Jahres Award have been announced, as have nominees for the Origins Awards and the winners of the Mensa Select. Awards are helpful for publishers, they give added exposure to noteworthy titles, but what role do they play for gamers? Do awards matter to the people who regularly play games? With me to explore this topic are fellow dragon slayers, Alex. Hi. And Wolfie. Hello there. So to kick this off, I want to know, how do you guys feel about awards in other arenas? So movies, music, do you watch the award shows? Do you pay attention? Do I? (laughs) (laughs) I used to uh, watch the Oscars back when I was in high school. Me and my friends would... I'll get together and watch. I kind of realized over the years that I really did not care about the movies they give awards to and about who are the, I don't even know who who are the people that (laughs) give out those awards. It's like, okay, pat yourself on the back. So why did you watch them in the first place? That's a good question. (laughs) It was a cultural phenomenon, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's just like, people got excited about it. So I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, let's see which movies are awesome this year. And then I was like, oh, I've never seen these movies and I don't really care about watching them. Mm-hmm. Except for Lord of the Rings. That was fun when Lord of the Rings won. Now, Alex, you're a film buff. How do you feel about the Oscars or other award shows? The Oscars is probably the only award show that I kind of pay attention to in general. I don't actually like the production in the whole show. That's really long and drawn out and boring and it just, like you said, seems like a self-piting on the back. But the actual list of movies they put out there, they always interest me, and I always tend to seek them out. There you have movies that most people haven't heard of, of. Even the technical nominations usually come from some some movies that have some merit. So I'll try, try to seek them out. And I think they're a good starting off point for most people to look for movies that they want to see. So you watch the awards more as a fact-finding mission, seeing what's out there. Yeah, I'll just look at the the blogs and the websites the next day and see what lists are out there. Or I'll look at the nominations beforehand as they're announced and try and seek them out beforehand and, you know, see if they're on the right track. I don't always agree with their nominations, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, I do think they're worth watching. I don't pay attention to really any awards except for board games. So (laughs) I think Solo is the first movie I've seen in ages. So you can pity me that that was the only one I've seen. (laughs) I heard Solo was amazing. It's got that Han Solo guy. It was a movie. It it was a movie <laughs> that had actors and characters. Was it a motion picture? There were there were some moving pictures, although the storyline wasn't very moving itself. So back to board game award. <laughs> Since that's the topic today, are there any board game awards that you follow? I follow Isolate the Dragons awards, which haven't been awarded in two years. What? We didn't do it last year either? No, we didn't do it last year or the year. (laughs) We didn't do it this year and we didn't do it last year. That's terrible. There were no worthy board game titles released in 2017. It's true. 
I kind of check in on kind of the big awards, like the Golden Geeks, Dice Tower Awards, Spiel des Jahres. But I wouldn't say that I'm like super close to them. I'm not a fanatic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that much to me. I think there is value to awards. So it's just kind of like I check and I go, oh, okay, that game won. That's cool, I guess. So more a mild curiosity about awards. Yeah, I'm not invested. That's the word I was looking for. I'm not invested in who wins or loses. Okay. When I first started gaming, the holy grail that everyone was talking about was the Spiel des Jahres. And, you know, I thought that'd be a good place to start for myself. And that's how I ended up with a lot of the first games that I started off with. Just reading those lists and pretty much just heading to Amazon and and buying every single thing that was recommended (laughs) or won awards in the last few years. Um, There were some winners and losers, in my personal opinion, from those lists, but it was a good starting off point in general. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more invested than I should be. (laughs) I don't really... When I when I see movies win or lose or when I see music win or lose, I don't really care. I don't feel that invested. But when I see even like even a small time, small potatoes award, like when I see unworthy games win the Origins Award, which is essentially the definition of the Origins Awards, it makes my blood boil. And I don't know why <laughs> it's a personal failing. I'll admit that. But for me, I pay a lot of attention to the Spiel des Jahres. That's probably the award I care most about mostly because it has such a long track record for me of being good and not necessarily the games that I want to play, but they do an excellent, excellent, excellent job of selecting games that my family wants to play. So when I look at the games that are most successful, when I bring them to family gatherings, they almost all have that little red popple on the cover because the jury is just so good at choosing games that families will enjoy. And it might be that my family, you know, our German heritage. So we have some sort of connection, spiritual connection to the to the German jury. But for me, I, I watch those closely because those are those are the kinds of games that my family likes to play. Yeah, I do think that they do a good job of stating their purpose and their criteria and sticking to that. When you look through the list of the past winners, you can tell totally see that they all fit a similar mold. Uh, Not exactly a game that I want to play all the time, but one that hits their intended audience pretty well. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that really helps with their selection process is Tom Felber, I know, has been pretty visible and vocal about the awards and how he's gone about chairing the committee. And in one of the one of the talks that I saw him give, he said that he alone plays each of the nominees at least 20 times. And I think that's a big help because when my family learns a game, they usually don't want to learn another one right away. <laughs> they want to play that one into the ground. And so we're still playing code names into the ground. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know one of these days we'll get away from that. They would still be on Bonanza if I hadn't brought code names. What do you think the purpose of awards is for gamers? What do you think they should be watching out for? For me, the purpose of most awards is kind of an impetus for discussion. What they do is kind of spur on conversations just like this, in which we can discuss the merits of the actual governing body that gives the awards, and we can chastise them for giving awards to the games that we hate or praise them for giving the games that we 
enjoy. So that's why I kind of see the value in most of the awards is just for that conversation piece. Mm-hmm. Some might say arguing more than discussing. Well, that's how the internet has taught us to speak these days. So <laughs> I think it's fitting. I disagree. You are wrong. You're so wrong. <laughs> we could only speak in arguments. <laughs> I think that the value of awards to gamers is far less than it is to maybe someone looking to get into the hobby. Mm-hmm. Unless, like you, John, they find that a, a particular brand of awards aligns with their tastes. I think gamers tend to figure out what they like and don't like. And so Alex is is able to find games that he likes. And John, you're able to find games you like. And I'm able to find games I like, which is good because the games I like, no one ever gives awards to for some reason. I think the Dice Tower does. <laughs> that's true but even they tend to skew towards like the really big campaign style games and i'm like i probably would like that but it doesn't fit my gaming group so gamers develop their tastes but i remember back when i started really getting into board gaming my background in tabletop gaming back in like 2009 was settlers of Catan and munchkin <laughs> and hero clicks and that was it and I mostly played Heroclix with my friends, and there was a store in the mall that sold Heroclix. And then that store closed, and then we were like, oh, where are we going to buy our Heroclix now? So we found another gaming store that was about a 40-minute drive away, and we went there, and there was a sh- there were shelves of like board games that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. And deep down in my heart, I knew that some of those games had to be good. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea which ones. I wish that I had known about the awards, like the Spiel des Jahres back then. I had no idea about that. I wish the game store owner had been like, hey, check out these titles that won an award. It wasn't a particularly friendly game store. <laughs> I feel like that would have been helpful to me to just like find a starting place because there are so many games. Even back then, there were just hundreds and hundreds of games. Now there are thousands and thousands of games. It's a great starting place to have a list of like 20 games that a a group of people has said, like, these games are really good. You have a really good chance of finding a game you will enjoy if you pick from this list. It's a good tool for new people who are trying to get in the hobby to just start finding some good games that are fun to play. I also think it's just nice to give awards to people who've done a good job at something. Like it's nice to get recognition. It's nice to give that recognition, but I don't know that that has much value to anyone, but the person getting the recognition. It's good job to you, but. I think that's a good point that you make, especially when you're getting into the hobby. I think you latch onto anything that looks familiar. And so for me, I, I know when I was first exploring games the thing that stood out to me is i recognized that every game i liked was from rio grande games and so for me i looked for the brand i thought well if i can find something else like this it's probably the same so i remember i found for five dollars in a clearance bin augsburg 1520 and i said oh it's from rio grande games i'm gonna love this and then i opened it up and i realized uh (laughs) this one probably isn't for me but i think you look for those things that consistently provide you the hits and so that's probably true about the awards i also like what you said about it's just kind of nice to give awards to people who do great things 
one of the chief benefits, I think, and especially the Spiel des Jahres, because the way that I think of the Spiel des Jahres is it's kind of like the Oscars mixed with Oprah's book club. So you're kind of getting the taste forming function of the Oscars saying like, if you like films, these are the films that you should like, or these are the films that you should at least explore for some sort of technical merit. And Oprah's book club is just this popular level sell a ton and get everyone kind of reading the same book. And from what I've seen, the sales numbers for the Spiel des Jahres, I think I read somewhere that they they almost guarantee 30 to 50,000 units in sales for every game that wins. And while that may not seem great, that's huge in board game terms. And it's even huger in terms of providing a publisher capital to make more great games. And it's just kind of a self-fulfilling a virtuous cycle, if you will, of injecting money into the board game hobby. Yeah, as the people who give out awards, they're basically putting their endorsement on whatever they nominate and eventually select, right? Mm -hmm. So when they put that out there, they're hoping that that game, you know, receives recognition from their audience as well. So I do see that as a benefit as well. Maybe not pertinent to us as game players, but certainly helpful to the publishers and the game designers mm -hmm. and ultimately benefiting the gamers down the line. Yeah. We do want the publishers to succeed. That's always nice because then they can come up with more, hopefully great games. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> I'm not so concerned about how a publisher is doing. Honestly, if they go out of business, that's a shame, but I'll just go play another publisher's game, I guess. Yeah, but Alex, you don't like any games. Yeah, but I'll keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days you'll find something you like. Yeah, just keep on looking. The problem, Alex, is all of the experienced publishers go out of business, and then the only publishers left are the people who are just like, I'm going to sell my awesome game on Kickstarter that I haven't fully play tested and haven't fully developed and don't have the experience to develop. So then you just you get into a cycle of hype games. This is starting to sound like a nightmare scenario. Yeah. That's why we want the good publishers to succeed. That's true. We want we want the awards. I don't think any publisher puts out 100% good or better games. I think every publisher has their share of duds. And some publishers have more shares of duds than others. Mm -hmm. But I do, I do recognize... You can disagree with me if you want, but you will be wrong. I, I do think that some publishers, especially the ones that have been around longer, you can see the experience in the game designs that come out from them. They're more polished, they're more developed, and they're just more likely to find an audience because of the experience those publishers have. So I do want them to succeed, and I do want them to find the hits that sell 50,000 copies so they can keep putting out the games that only 3,000 people buy, and one of them is me. <laughs> I agree, although Kickstarter isn't quite the morass that it once was. In some ways, I think it's kind of a rising tide raises all the boats type thing, where people are just getting better at Kickstarter. Maybe the consumers are getting more discerning, and so some of the worst games aren't being funded. But we see something like Gloomhaven, which walked away with most of the golden geeks in <laughs> for 2017 or we see scythe which want, walked away with most of the golden geeks the previous year and it does seem like the quality even of 
first time or inexperienced publishers is going up. So maybe it's not quite the nightmare that you envision. You don't see all of the requests I get from <laughs> Kickstarter <laughs> publishers. That's true, but we also don't don't always see those games. So it's they're that's, kind of being self-selected out. That's true. Maybe. I think that there's just a lot of games on Kickstarter, so eventually one or two or three of them will be good, but that leaves... 670,000 mediocre. <laughs> it's a 10,000 monkeys banging on typewriter, right? <laughs> One of them's going to make Shakespeare. <laughs> the Kickstarter starting to win these major awards has kind of been an interesting development. I think for a long time, we've kind of been waiting for that to see Kickstarter really not just win kind of the commercial prize in having lots of money and backers but getting that critical acclaim to go along with it and i believe probably scythe was kind of the the one that really really took home the gold in that in that regards Mm -hmm. although do you know of any non people's choice kind of awards that it won the golden geeks are essentially a popularity contest that is true. And one of the reasons why I don't really give too much credence to the Golden Geek Awards, to me, it seems so circular to have an award that's based on just a poll. I need a poll to show me what's popular. And I go to Board Game Geek to see what's popular. So what's popular is already going to win the awards. It seems a little circular to me, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head because there are a huge amounts of awards out there and we can kind of just rattle some off to kind of just put them out there you know we have the golden geeks we have the spill this yar we have the dice tower awards everyone with a blog or a website has their own awards the shut up and sit down awards except for isolate the dragon we're <laughs> we're bucking the trend hey <laughs> we're sort of involved in the dice tower awards i'm in like a facebook group where they you know, they have a bunch of game reviewers and stuff that help narrow down the games of choice and then vote on them. Although even that, there's a, there's a selection bias. I'm not in that because I'm not on Facebook. So, True story. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Scythe? Scythe? Scythe. Scythe. I don't know how to, Scythe. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. I don't know how to pronounce words. That's why I write. Uh, Scythe won mostly Golden Geek Awards. And it was featured in Geek and Sundry's Best Board Games of 2016. It won the French Game of the Year for the expert category. So that's a big win. And it also, it looks like it was nominated for the Portuguese Game of the Year, which tends to run a little heavier. So, I mean... Origins in 2016. That's true. So I stand corrected. You're right, Alex, that Scythe, I think, is the big Kickstarter rags to riches story i suppose i think scythe is overrated (laughs) (laughs) but i'm kind of on the same board with you i would say it's well i would say it's overrated but i still really enjoy the game i think it's it's better than i was expecting i think it's poorly themed this is a tangent for sure but No, I'm with you. It sets up these expectations with these, you know, miniatures and and the art, the evocative art. It sends this message one way. And then when you play it, it's it's a different 
came then then but everything you do feels good isn't that wonderful everything you do advances your progress it feels so good you're moving cubes you're moving mechs yeah when you make a game about a subject you have to explore that subject and meet expectations if i have a game that says batman the board game and it turns out to be a stock trading game it might be the best stock trading game that i've ever played in my my life but i'm not going to like the game because i expected batman is is that a slam against batman love letter or something (laughs) Uh, i've never played that but i would assume yes (laughs) is it really called batman love letter yes there is a batman love letter there is a batman love letter link in the podcast description below It's true. I mean, there there are certain expectations set up in a game, but eh, I'm willing to be loosey-goosey with them if the game is good enough. And I, I think Scythe is a good game, even if it doesn't deliver on big mech combat. It delivers on the farming. That's <laughs> 50%, right? That's right. Uh, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. <laughs> so back to awards. Alex, you had given kind of an interesting delineation. I wonder if you could do that again. What what are the different kinds of awards that you see? Yeah, and just kind of looking at the awards that are out there, I saw three major categories. I saw kind of the People's Choice Awards that we mentioned on earlier with the Golden Geeks and to agree the Dice Tower Awards. These are mostly going to be decided by a popular vote. They usually open it up to the masses and you can just submit your votes online. And the results are just the results of those votes. Um, another type of award are by governing bodies that you know are a small select of group of people. They get together, they discuss, they argue, and they finally make a decision. And this will encompass awards like the Spiel des Jahres, the Hogo de Año, the, the Portuguese Game of the Year, um, somewhat the Mensa Select Awards to, to a degree. And then you have more of the outlet awards, things like the Shut Up and Sit Down Awards, any blog or website, basically like I was talking about earlier, just an endorsement by a certain outlet or a reviewer or a news outlet We'll just mm-hmm. kind of put a stamp on on a group of games or a particular game to say that this is what we think are the best. So what do you think are the different, what do you think are the merits of these different selection processes? The People's Choice Awards have very little merit. The kind of the governing body awards to me have a pretty decent value to them, especially when they do a very good job of espousing what their criteria are like i mentioned how the spiel des Jahres do, does it even though i don't really enjoy those games myself personally i can respect their criteria and how they go about it uh, to a lesser degree the outlet awards have some useful mostly to the readers of that particular outlet people who've already shown that they're fans of the writer or writers or you know the reviewers that they're following, if they fall in line with their tastes, then they can get a quick recap of, you know, what happened that year. Mm-hmm. I've seen the golden elephants, which uh, the heavy cardboard podcast hands out. Mm-hmm. They have a really rabid following. I mean, the the podcast itself has a pretty, we'll say passionate following, and I, th- I think you're right. That's an example of the endorsement providing to a certain audience exactly what they're looking for. 
I feel a little differently about people's choice awards than you do. Whereas I don't think that they're that valuable for me. I think they can be valuable for other people because it, at least there's something behind a whole mass of people like this thing. It's kind of like Amazon reviews. I say that Amazon reviews of books don't matter. And okay, Amazon reviews of books don't matter. Full stop. They don't matter. <laughs> I say that as someone involved in publishing, but they do matter to people. People will look at a book and think, oh, is this worth my time? Oh, Joe Schmo in, in Wichita says this is the best book he's ever read. Well, I like Joe Schmo. You know, there's something kind of humanizing about the man on the street or the the person on the street liking something. Yeah, I don't like people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> and we've already established you don't like games so yeah you know you said that they might be important for a lot of people i'm not a lot of people i'm me i'm a very individual person and having the recommendation of the masses just doesn't hold a lot of weight to me you know i know amazon reviews and such might hold a lot of sway for the casual you know purchaser or or someone just looking to buy things and i'm not gonna lie i do look at amazon reviews but usually for things that aren't a matter of taste you know i might look at a toaster and just say oh that one has five stars i'll take it but if i'm going to watch a movie or read a book i'll go and look at actual analysis and critics that have actual thought behind it not just some guy who bought it and clicked three stars on amazon but i would say a toaster is a matter of taste <laughs> okay I'm, I'm going home now <laughs> i definitely should too i'm sorry for that one <laughs> what about you jay wolf how do you feel about people's choice i think that people's choice is a good way to tell what a lot of people are excited about in the moment Mm -hmm. uh and as we all know and i think you john have have called this many times is games that people are excited about in the moment aren't necessarily going to be games that people are excited about in a year or six months or even two months so I think as far as like lasting value, like the People's Choice Award of 2014 is, is probably totally useless to just about everyone. Like whatever people were excited about that year, I don't know what it is, but there's a decent chance that few people are playing it anymore. Whereas the expert awards that come from people who play games a lot of times and actively play a lot of different games to determine what they're going to vote for as the best. That's more likely to result in a game getting an award. That's still going to be a a great game in five or 10 years. You know, I still play ticket to ride. I still Mm -hmm. play dominion. Um, There's, there's a bunch of those older games that got those field of Yaris awards that are still great games in their own right. And so if you want to know what people are excited about now, look at that year's Golden Geeks or whatever the biggest you know, popularity award that's coming out next. If you want to participate in that moment, that's fine. Yeah, I, those, I mean, those kind of awards just get skewed by people who are very excited about the big expensive game they just got or the money they dropped on Kickstarter or just the game they're playing and, you know, Joe Schmo may never have played any of the other seven games that were nominated for the People's Choice Award, but they have their one game that they love, and that's the one they're going to vote for. But what does that really tell me? Nothing. 
that's an interesting point that uh, the people's choice are almost like a sociological snapshot. If you want to know what the zeitgeist was in 2014, which by the way, the 2014 Golden Geeks, the winner of board game of the year was Splendor. And the two-player game was Star Realms. It looks like Splendor and Star Realms walked away with several of the awards that year, which... Don't forget Five Tribes. That's right. Five Tribes was a strategy game. So, but looking at those, those are games that have lasted, I would say. I still see people playing Splendor and talking about Splendor. I still play it occasionally. I would play Star Realms if it weren't wildly imbalanced. But... (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. It's not wildly imbalanced. It's just very susceptible to luck. But, you know, at least in that case, those those have lasted. Although I I think you're right. I think for the most part, these people's choice awards are more talking about what was popular in the moment than providing any sort of long term guidance. I think I value perspective and analysis and some sort of viewpoint in the wards that I'm looking for. And you lose that the more people that are involved in them. Mm -hmm. They just, all those viewpoints just sort of meld into the mass and it just becomes this throbbing force that just pushes a certain game, like you said, that's in the zeitgeist, that's in the mind of of the masses that just kind of pushes it forward. And and you miss out that personal touch, that, that viewpoint, that criteria, that thing that that viewpoint that they're trying to push across in their selection. Uh, you know, I, I want to know the reason why someone chose a game for the game of the year. Um, not just that a lot of people kind of like it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's, it's all just a, a silly game as much as silly as four people sitting around a table, pushing cardboard around board game awards are even sillier than that. Uh, it shouldn't be taken too seriously. It's all in good fun. And like I said, I think the the greatest contribution that these awards can give us is the conversation, is the the arguments between friends. You know, it's it's the things that happens between the awards is what's really important. I'd agree with that. So we talked about People's Choice Awards kind of putting their finger on the pulse of the zeitgeist. This is your opportunity to be in the moment. So what if you had to pick one game that represents our time right now in 2018, what would you choose? What game would you choose as this is this is what you think the People's Choice Award would be for 2018? I think my selection would have to be disqualified. I'm going to pick Impulse from Carl Chudik. Uh, it came out many years ago, but I've only just got my copy recently and I just can't stop thinking about that game. So your people's choice award is you, Alex, the people, you are the voice of all. That's, that's all I heard. People. (laughs) (laughs) You are the, you are the person. Only thing that came to mind. (laughs) I'm not very good at picking what the popular game is for like a broader group of people than myself. If we want to answer that legitimately, we can just go to Board Game Geek, look on the hotness, and look there. Uh, Gloomhaven's still there, so we could still just pick True. Gloomhaven. I know it's it's hard to get away from the shadow of Gloomhaven. For me, I think the game though that is going to last, and I think the game that is probably going to best represent this time is Azul. I think it's 
I think it's got the it's got mass appeal because the rules are pretty simple. It's got beauty, and I think there's a decent game underneath it. So I think the Spiel des Jahres in this case and the People's Choice kind of line up. Did it win the award? Not yet. I think it's going to, unless the mind wins out. I know that the mind, though, also seems to represent at least some. Although the mind feels kind of like this game that the board game elite are playing. (laughs) It it seems more like an art project than a game. But then again, I haven't played it. So we'll see if my opinion changes once I once I mark up those hundred cards. I've heard of the mind, but I have no idea what it's about other than it's a card game. It's it's essentially there are a hundred cards in the deck. Everyone's dealt one card per round it is. So like in round one, everyone has a hand of one card. In round two, everyone has two cards and so on. And the goal is to play all of those cards in order from one to a hundred, but there's there's no real communication or you can't reveal what's in your hand. So you just kind of have to guess. You know, if you have the if you have the one, it's obvious when you should play your card. But if you have a higher number, you're kind of guessing, well, is 67 higher or lower than what the other people are holding? My copy arrived from Germany today, so I, I'll I'll give it a try and let you guys know. Alrighty. Anyway, while you were waiting for the Spiel des Jahres Awards to be announced, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. This has been Breathing Flames, a podcast of IslayTheDragon.com. Again, with me tonight have been Wolfie and Alex. So thank you so much for being a part of it, part of the podcast. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Google Plus because, yes, we are there, at least while Google Plus is still there. And I think we have a Patreon that you can be a part of. So thank you again for listening and keep playing dragons. (laughs) And bye-bye. Yeah, that that works too. Oh, and bye-bye. I thought you were leaving me. Slaying Alex's dragons. (laughs) It's the only one that matters. (laughs) Find words you like, I guess.